This time on Holy Ghost Notes. We have to pay for chicken poop. All the money goes into my food. I'm delighted by that. God's not going to give me anything more than I can handle. You're the smarty pants with a hammer. Big nuts. Hello. Thank you for listening. My name is Matt. This is Tim. And this is the Holy Ghost Notes. What's up, guys? It's good to be back. This is actually my last podcast recording from my home studio before I leave for tour. Yeah. It is Wednesday, February 8th. We leave the morning of um, whatever next Wednesday is. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is as tired as my hands, which are so sore from practicing. Yeah. It would be the 15th. Yes, that's correct. The 15th. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you're new here, we cover a faith topic, and we cover a drum topic in every episode. We started this podcast uh, over three years ago now, and uh, the goal was to basically record a conversation that we've, we uh, used to have as friends, Tim and I used to have as friends, and release it as a podcast, and then we figured out, well, it's probably good to have some structure. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we both drum, and we are both Christians who tend to talk about things, um, I don't know, below the surface, even though we don't get to talk a whole lot. Um, yeah. So today, for example, we're talking about tour prep or leaving for tour is the drum topic. <clears throat> and um, Tim, you came up with the faith topic. Yeah. You want to explain what that is? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I guess it was like three or four episodes ago. I threw out a topic that Matt wasn't so fond of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a feeling when I threw it out there that he wouldn't be extremely fond of it. And my goal was to kind of get a, like, so I feel like the topics that we pick, even though we both have different perspectives and slightly different things to say or to add to the conversation, we never right. necessarily disagree on the topic. I right? agree with your and, assessment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that said, um, I don't like there's certain things that we just will not touch on this podcast. You'll never hear us go political. You'll never hear us, you know, do certain things or say certain things or talk about certain things because we're just not going to go there. That's not what this we're podcast not, is about. We're not that kind it's of podcast. Gonna, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I feel like we can you know, stretch the boundaries of like this bubble that we all agree with (laughs) most of the people listening agree with and just like hit, like have a conversation because we're going to have a respectful conversation regardless. Right. Mm -hmm. So our faith topic today is, um, and I kind of labeled it, we all need help. Um, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because I was having a conversation with someone recently, um, just about the, stigma around asking for help, going to counseling. You know, it's like if you're going to therapy, like, whoa, why do you need therapy? Is there something wrong, man? Like, and I feel like there's a, there's a whole stigma around that and it actually prevents people from going to therapy. And I, and I feel like we all, in a way, need help. Now, it's not always going to a counselor, not always going to therapy, but... Um, I think it's, you know, I'd like to to talk about breaking the stigma, Um, but I also know that 
Um, and I don't know how deep you want to go into it, Matt, but I know that you've had bad counseling experience <laughs> and mm-hmm. might not necessarily feel the same way as I do. So that's kind of the context. Mm-hmm. I'll lay the groundwork there and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I've just had a couple ideas. <clears throat> Part of me wants to go right into the faith topic, but I think we should start with drumming. And, yeah, um, we'll I'll leave that as a teaser. On, I'll settle my ideas for for the faith topic because it's it's not something it's something fundamentally we agree on, but the execution yeah. is um, it's not something we see eye to eye on, which is okay. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll make for a good conversation, and I think everyone listening probably has a slightly different perspective on it, based on you know what they've experienced in life, uh, how they were raised, where they come from, who they're influenced by. <laughs> so I think it'll be a, a fun uh, conversation that might you know shed some light on mm-hmm. different perspectives. So, yep. um, so before we get into our topics, you're uh, heading out on tour. Um, you released mm-hmm. a new single, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome, by the way. Thank you. Very cool. Um, I love the video. It was an awesome idea getting like a bunch of people involved in that. that yeah, I didn't have a whole lot. I didn't have anything to do with this, the the treatment. <clears throat> okay, I almost said script. Um, the treatment for it, I believe, was written by the director. Okay. The location of the outdoor scene was um, something that I came up with. And I'm so glad it worked out the way it did because it was at a feed and farm supply store here in Manhattan oh, cool. called G&G. Nice. So I grew up going to this place as a kid. It's the kind of place you go to if you need um, feed for your chickens or you need muck boots for the farm or you need bird seed. It's a small shop, but they have a pretty big warehouse. They also sell mulch and ice melt and all that stuff. So anyway, it's a, a local staple. And we were talking about, well, where can we shoot this outdoor portion at? The indoor scene was shot at Rock Lidditz. Um, They can accommodate the pyro and the fire. Yeah, right. So that was a no-brainer. We tried to get approval to shoot outside at Rock Lidditz, and it didn't work out. And then we tried another location, wasn't going to work. Conflicting schedules. So then I had this idea, why don't we check out G&G? And they were so um, just generous to let us use the spot, anything we needed. Um, in fact, the owners of the property, basically the the, the parents of the owners of the property, um, they came out and I was a little concerned because we were shooting pretty late at night. We had yeah. these 55 gallon drums loaded up with Duraflame logs and there's there's smoke. There was obviously noise coming right. through the PA playback and you had, yeah. I don't know, 25 fans that had driven in from all over the East Coast. I think a couple might have flown in to be in the music video as the yeah. mob wow. who's running around. Yeah. So my first thought when I see the parents of the owners of the store, who I know sort of from church, very friendly people, I'm thinking, well, they're not happy. 
Uh, this isn't what they signed up for. And so my wife actually walked over to them. I walked over after she did. They were talking. I walked up. They were laughing. And um, Annie later told me that um, they were just checking to see if we needed anything. Is everything all right? Aww. Is anybody bothering you guys? <laughs> it's like, that is incredible. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's hos- hospitality right there. You've shot music videos, Tim. You know what it's like to like, um, <clears throat> not to like, but you know what it is like yeah. to set up at a, a location and be like, <laughs> think to yourself, we got to get out of here soon. Set up, play, <laughs> There's get been out. a few where we didn't get permission for, so uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So the music video worked out Time's really well. <laughs> it, it turned out um, as good as I thought it would at the scene. It was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. At one point I was shooting just drums solo and the whole the whole mob was around me and they were told to basically have a little mosh pit behind me. And That's it cool. got a little bit out of hand and one person banged into me and banged into my floor tom, which knocked it off its legs and knocked it into <laughs> my leg. A tom Oh shoot. Uh, uh, so a floor tom has hardware, typically three yeah. legs, and one just kind of got knocked loose. And so it's now leaning against my leg and I'm trying to play this part. <laughs> And I had I had kind of a, a small bump on my head for a while from this elbow. Um, I don't know that that part's in the the video, but you get the feeling as yeah. you're shooting it, like, oh, this is actually going to be really cool to have this mob intense yeah. close up scene. We've never done anything like that before, and um, it worked out really well. So, all to That's say, awesome. ABR has a lot of stuff going on. Um, we just released. Yeah, two music videos. We go on tour next week. Celebrating 20 years as a band. Insane, Insane man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really excited to go. We, we kind of talk about this in pre-roll. I'm excited to go around the country and play a lot of the same cities, not necessarily the yeah. same venues. Either A, they're out of business, or B, we've grown out of the capacity of those venues uh, in mm-hmm. some cases. Um but just to be in a lot of the same cities and have a lot of the same fans come out who maybe haven't seen us in a while because they've they've grown up, started families, and now it's like, hey, honey, August Burns Red's coming into town. Who? August Burns Red, the band we used to see, you know, back in 2007, 8, 9. Oh, yeah. They're still a band? Yeah, they're still a band. They're coming <laughs> to town. You want to go see them? Find a babysitter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm teaching drum lessons on the tour, which yeah. I think more right. than the tour itself I'm excited to do because I haven't taught on tour lessons consistently in i don't know four years hmm. wow. pre-covid so yeah. i had a bunch of people sign up for that it's been overwhelming i'm teaching on this electronic kit right behind me nice it's a really good setup and i'm teaching up to five students per day and is there any uh, the spots the open yeah mm-hmm. so yeah how, how would if someone's listening to this on the 10th obviously you haven't left for tour yet um how would mm-hmm. one go about snatching up one of those spots yeah simple go to macreinerlessons.com click on the banner at the top that says sign up for on tour lessons it's only 60 bucks i'm only doing five students per city and a five student group um there are several sold out there are several more than several that are close but i i still Mm. have availability yeah and we're doing two legs we're doing like the first month come home for a month and the second month yeah yeah that's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. That'll be easier on, uh, on the you as a newlywed. And, us. and uh, yeah, yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, it just creates... I, I was talking about this at church tonight. It just creates more sustainability as a band, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And though it is... Uh, it's not as uh, uh, it's not as efficient in the sense that we're saving we're not saving money and <laughs> we're spending more and we're having to get everyone back together and maybe rehearse and do pre tour production. Yeah, it's just better for everybody's yeah. mental state, bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you need that rest period because you guys yeah. have been road warriors for a long time. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so yep, you deserve it. That's good. Still That's are. Good. Yeah, still are. <laughs> Just with breaks in between. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? You've been staying busy with work? Yeah, staying busy with work and uh, and kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife has actually been much busier than me. Um, really? So, uh, so I have been busy because of that, you know, right. with, with kids and just, you know, um, trying to pick up the slack elsewhere, you know. Um, yeah. not slack. That's a bad way of putting it, but you know, just step up, <laughs> yes, and, uh, step up. you know, right. uh, you know, make sure that, the, you know, the house is clean when she gets home and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, been, been, uh, been working hard there, been cooking a lot, which, uh, normally in, in times of busyness, I tend to, you know, order out a little bit more and make it easier mm-hmm. on myself. But, uh, <laughs> I've like found, I found this joy in, in cooking, believe it or not. I mean, I've always enjoyed it, you know? Um, like, the first purchase I made when we got married was a grill. Nice. And so, like, grilling and, you know, like, cooking meat and stuff has been, like, a, you know, I guess not a hobby because it's, like, I'm cooking. It's for meals, but I enjoy right. it, like, to yeah. an extent. Um, but I've just kind of taken it to the next level now, like, with the sous vide for that I got for Christmas. How is that, by the way? I saw a video Incredible. of you using it. Dude, it looks it's, it's it looks crazy. like it would create. I don't it's know. It that, looks like maybe we should come over for dinner sometime. Yeah, dude, I, like. I've used it three times so far since I got it, and the meat has been perfect, mm-hmm. like uh, better than I could ever cook it. That's awesome. So that's so a really been, cool gift. It's been great, right? That was yeah. a Christmas gift. It was a Christmas gift. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so nice. I've been cooking a lot. Um, kind of like trying to get like a little bougie with the cooking, you know, like mm-hmm. fresh herbs and things of that nature that I would never really do right. <laughs> back in the day, you know, <laughs> uh, see if I could replicate, you know, a steakhouse style meal and you you're know, making like that. too much money on this podcast, man. <clears throat> yeah, have to... yeah, for sure. All the money uh, goes into my food. That's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. So does mine. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, uh, you probably just bought a dozen eggs and can agree. What Absolutely. is going That's, on with egg prices? In fact, oh if you guys want to just stop paying the patron price and just yeah. send us eggs, yeah, I'd love that. We'll that take eggs. Much appreciated. In fact, we'll take eggs over crypto. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We'll take eggs over pretty much everything. Yeah. Back back in the COVID days, like investing in toilet paper was the best thing you could have done. And now mm-hmm. I feel like I miss the bandwagon on, on eggs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Should have done that. There's a local farm named Crider Farms. I guess called Crider Farms. Okay. Um, sorry if I say dumb stuff on this episode. My brain is <laughs> a little mushy from practice. Um, so <laughs> Crider Farms apparently produces about 12 million eggs a day. Jeez. That's a lot. How many? So they. So what? How many eggs does a chicken produce typically? What one a day? I always thought one a or day. Is there more than that? Mm-hmm. So they have probably 
at least two million chickens then. Uh, no, 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 no. Twelve. Twelve million chickens. I think that's what I had heard. Now, the Lancaster County chatter is what it is, but um, they're a huge, yeah. huge farm. I that's mean, they have, crazy. I think they have around 1,500 cows for dairy farming. Anyway, we don't have to go down yeah. the, the whole farming <laughs> train because I'll do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, I know that's not what everybody wants to hear. But it is interesting to think about farmers who for years and years and years were struggling to make ends meet. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's this uptick, and you think to yourself, boy, these guys are probably getting rich. But I can't confirm or deny that, but I would tend to err on the side of denying it because farmers yeah. are the last to get paid. It's I was just say, it's I, if, always if been anything, that I, way. I doubt it's the farmers inflating their prices. It's probably the... I mean, there's like major inflation. I don't know about you, but like in the last six months, oh, that's maybe a, maybe a wild. year, my food bill has doubled. I mean, yep. easy. So is ours. It's insane. At least, actually, yeah, I think it's yeah. done more than that. And you got to think the inputs for farming is is through the roof. Mm-hmm. So these guys are paying, you know, that much more for f- right. uh, feed and 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 even electricity. I mean, you think about right. the amount of electricity to keep a farm like that running. So and it's not like there's you know a shortage of any of this stuff. It's, you know, it's all readily available. It's just extra expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, know? there was the, the bird flu for a while. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, avian true. flu, which is, which makes everything chicken related more expensive. Because, yeah. Like even, <laughs> um, I'll say this and uh, I'm sorry for grosses anyone out, but we buy chicken manure for our farm. It's a good source of um, NPK, which is something we need for our soil. So nitrogen and, uh, and potash and phosphorus or magnesium. Mm. <clears throat> so anyway, we have to pay for chicken poop. Seriously. Like we, <laughs> we, we pay. It's not expensive, but it's not, it's not cheap. And we pay yeah. for these triaxal loads of chicken manure to be brought in. And thankfully, we ordered <laughs> our 23 chicken manure before 23. Mm-hmm. And I think the avian flu hit right after we bought it. And our prices would have been that much more expensive yikes yeah um <clears throat> oh no 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 no. we bought it <coughs> excuse me we bought it after the bird flu and the manure had been sitting for a while that's what it was and they brought it to uh, us and it wasn't good. in the same shape anyway this is hard to explain yeah. to someone who's grossed out <laughs> by it in the first place so i'll stop but there are complexities to every single thing <laughs> in farming like yeah. uh, you wouldn't believe I believe it. Actually, it's it's a it's a hard job. So back there's to a reason, food on the grill. Yeah, there's a reason why people don't choose to be farmers in most cases. That's right. It's because it's labor intensive and there's a lot to it. And there's you know you can't. I mean, I I kill everything I try to grow. I just I've tried to grow fresh fresh basil, and I can't even keep that alive. Like. Oh, Tim, I like this new side of you where you're cooking more and you're yeah. It's 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 cool to learn about because it, it's not something I enjoy, uh, but my wife's a really good cook and and she cooks a lot and it's 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 so cool to learn about all the tricks and just the things that you enjoy and and my wife enjoys like yeah trying out and 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 like oh yeah if you do this and this then this will happen and that tastes really good or yeah yeah what's that that flavor like this is tastes incredible oh well i did this and oh yeah it's it's really cool for me to learn the process because i i don't enjoy it so i've never really right spent time cooking but 
when someone else You'll does, get there. it's, it's once fun you, to Once learn. you have kids and <laughs> all they want is a hot dog, and you're like, ah, come on, let's do the steak. Then you're gonna, <laughs> then you're gonna be like, okay, how do I get my kid to? I'll like be steak? grilling. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. I think it's for me. I've just realized about myself that nothing's really changed. It's just it's a part of my day that has be that is a necessary routine that will not change. I have to. We all have to eat dinner. I have to yeah. cook dinner for the family, mm-hmm. so I know it's going to happen. And it's just like me saying, okay, I can do this better. It's the same reason why I got into coffee because I was spending an, like a ton of money oh on Starbucks, and then I was like, you know what? I can make this. I could do this better. Better. Have a better cup of coffee. Make you know, save money and learn something. And so yeah. I did it. Nerded out on it. And now it's kind of the same thing with food. It's like I can do this better. Or at mm-hmm. least as good as and this save money. $100 meal, save money, do it for my family, and have like an hour of, of the day that I can count on that is routine, and I can pour myself a glass of wine, and trying new recipes is a little bit like exhausting because you're, you know, trying to figure it out and make sure you know. But like once you start getting these recipes like ingrained and memorized, it's like it's like nothing. You know, you just have a science to it. You know when this thing has to go on the stove, when mm-hmm. this thing has to go in the microwave, when this is, you know, so it's just like it's almost relaxing. I throw on some mm-hmm. lo-fi on, you know, on the speakers and <laughs> just lo-fi? chill out. Yeah, lo-fi music. Like it's like it's like uh postmodern jazz. If I were to like, so the what Ash Stone got me into it actually. Mm-hmm. Believe That's what I thought you meant. Um, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't um, heard that term a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's genre. It's just it's relaxing. It's like chill. You know. Um, I used Stone to love listening so to like. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude, he's he's so good, and and um, but I just love that style of drumming, like that, like kind of just chilled out, like laid mm-hmm. back. Like there's so much pocket and feel, but mm-hmm. it's not like crazy like it's not like this it's not like gent metal like mm-hmm. technical but at the same time it's like there's stuff that's thrown in there that's that you can appreciate as yeah. a drummer uh you know and uh it's complex. But at the same time it's just super chill it's complex but it's relaxed yeah chilled out and the chord progressions are all jazz like i could be sitting at the blue note in the city and hear the same progressions like it's pretty it's not it's not entry level Mm-hmm. You know, music theory one. No. <laughs> you know, that's it's pretty advanced. Not pop punk T chords, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, anyway. let's hop into the drum topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Drum topic is drum roll, please. How was it? It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Good <thanks>. job. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's about what I do to get ready for yeah. tour. Just with my hands, no sticks. Yeah. That's a 16th <laughs> note triplet, snare drum roll. Yeah. That's what we go. call that. And if you do that over and over again every day, just 20, 22, 23 seconds, you're good. That's all you need to do. That's it. All right, next and topic. You're ready. You don't need to pack. You don't need to, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to tune. <laughs> Nothing. It's great. Man, I can't imagine. If it was that easy, there'd be a lot of good drummers on tour right now. You're going to have a lot more to say on this topic than me because I've only done two tours technically in my life. Yeah. Um, And I think, so my hope is that, like, I think everyone or a lot of the people listening, many of you listening, 
have probably wanted to tour or wondered what is it like to be on a tour or um, maybe you're already touring or have experienced tour, it's going to be a little bit different, I think, at this point for you. Um, so I think like what I'm hoping to do is give I don't people... think so, actually. Really? I don't Has think it so. not changed from van to bus? I think it's changed. It's there there has been change but the fundamentals are the same okay yeah and the yeah. fundamentals are are pretty simple which is you need to be able to play the songs well and you need to make sure that when you leave nothing burns down and that whatever relationships you have in order you leave in a good place and anything that is left undone or unsettled at least my personality says let's fix this let's get this yeah. solid so that when i leave it's like a concrete launching pad and i know yeah. it's going to be here when i get back I like so that. those two things it's like you need to be able to perform well which means you better be practicing and, and not just the week of yeah weeks before and also, you know, now that you're an adult, um, in my case, I bought my house when I was 24. I don't know how I was so carefree when I would leave for tour after buying my house because I would just kind of leave. And things <laughs> um, stayed okay at home somehow. And now it's like, wow, I have a lot to do before I leave for tour. Now I've, I've bought the farm uh, and... I have taken on more responsibility in the last right. 14 years, obviously, yeah. since I bought my house. But there are a lot of things you need to do when you're 18 before you leave for tour, too, you know? You don't just leave. There's a lot more when you're yeah. in your 30s. You have to make sure that you go pee first and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, that's that's about it, actually, when you're, uh, when you're 18. Yeah. Yeah. You're just so, a couple okay. big nuts. So tour prep, uh, <laughs> you really are. Um, I have this notebook, and I didn't do this in the beginning, but we used to tour more. So I think when I was touring more often, I didn't feel like I needed to quantify or legitimize what I was doing on the kit because I had just gotten off tour and I only had a week or two before the next one. But now, because we have two to three months at times between tours, it's hard to know where you're at. You're just kind of floating until the next tour happens. And that is a scary feeling for me mm -hmm. because when the show happens, you better be ready. Otherwise, you're going to have a train wreck on your hands on stage and uh, you're going to let a lot of people down. <laughs> so you need yeah. to make sure that you're ready. Well, how do you make sure you're ready when you're hitting drums? Well, can you play the song well? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, but what did you do yesterday? Did you do the same thing today? Are you sure? What were your speeds yesterday on your exercises? What are they today? So I started filling in a notebook. I don't know. This might go back five or six years. I remember it was a green notebook. I still have it upstairs. It's not here in my studio. And I filled it up. And so I started a new notebook and... Uh, if you're watching this video, I have the date, I have the time, and then I have the exercises. And I treat it like work because that's how I that's that's how I 
when I treat things like work, I am the most attentive and responsible and diligent about doing it. If it's a hobby, I'm a little more laid back. So if I treat it like work, yeah, maybe some of the fun's out the window. That's fine. I don't need to have fun all of the time doing this thing. I'd rather be good at it. And so yeah. I, can, I can legitimize my practice by writing my speeds or my exercises and the time I clock in and clock out. Legitimately, this piece of paper shows what time I clocked in with an arrow pointing towards the time and what time I clocked out. Um, <clears throat> and so this thing is, is something that um, helps me a lot in getting ready for tour. Then, of course, can you play the songs? I actually practice to just a click track. To my left is Pro Tools. I have the entire set imported in, and I just practice to click. No music. My goal is yeah. always to be able to play drums to just the click track and know where I am. I can do that for the entire set except for Whitewashed. And the reason for that is there's a section in Whitewashed where the melody is, I don't know if my brain just doesn't think it's catchy, but it just doesn't stick with me. And it's in an odd meter. So that's it. I can I can sing it right now. But, but if mm -hmm. I'm in the song, I get to that part and I'm like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> and I get off and then it's like, okay, well, this is usually at the end of the show anyway. So that's fine. Be able to play the entire set to just click track. That way, if you're playing live and something goes horribly wrong with playback or someone stops playing guitar, you're fine. You know where you are. You yep. can hold everything together. That's your job as a drummer. Beyond that, you know, I have the farming aspect, which I can delegate responsibilities with my dad and my brothers and um, my home. And as far as my home, it's like, what leaving for tour has taught me is something that I think a lot of people would benefit from that never leave for tour, which is don't take things for granted. Don't take mm. relationships for granted. Don't leave things undone. Don't, don't, don't look at, um, you know, family or friendships or the person, your, your spouse, your partner and think, well, you know, I worked my nine to five. I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. I don't really need to, you know, be intentional in dating or taking care of the person that I'm with or making that phone call to my mom or my dad. It's like leaving for tour teaches you, wait a second, you really should do this because you're leaving for a month and life mm. is fragile. You never know what tomorrow holds. You never know what is in store tomorrow. And you start to treasure things or value things more yeah. because you know that, what man. it's like to not be mm -hmm. around them. Uh, recently I was talking to, I think I was talking to Annie about this and I was like, man, more people should experience what it's like to leave for a while mm. because your idea of being here changes. Yeah. You value yeah. people and you value things, you value experiences, you value um, comfort and conveniences more because you know what it's like to not have them. And so leading up, you know, I, I've, I've, about a week left and there are things I'd like to do before I leave that are very important to me so that I can kind of launch like a rocket off this pad and, um, and take off and feel good yeah. about where I took off from and, and, and know that 
things are intact to the, to the best of my ability. I've done what I can do. Now I can leave. Yeah. That's amazing advice. And I had no idea that you were going to bring it there, but that's, uh, that's really good. Cause I think what most people would probably be expecting is like, well, you got to pack, you know, five primary t-shirts and then, uh, <laughs> you, you do know, have but, to do that, no, but, but pack yeah. your undies, <laughs> socks, but, right. but, but you're, you know, you came at it from, uh, from almost like an eternal perspective. Like it's, this is what is actually important here when yeah. you're leaving for an extended period of time and you hit the nail on the head, man, that's, that's, um, that's amazing. I, I think I agree. And I think that's actually why tour was so hard for me is I actually was like thinking to myself, if I were to do this as a career, I don't know if I could actually mm-hmm. leave like this often. Like it's, it was rough, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not an I guess easy you get, lifestyle. You get used to it, but yeah, it's not, man. It's, 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 it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of sacrifice for you. It's not easy for your for your spouse or for the people in your life. Mm-hmm. It's it is a a really weird thing that we do that becomes normal, <laughs> but knowing that that you've done a little bit of it, you know, there's an understanding when you've both done a similar thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long you've done it for. It's like we both toured. Okay. Yeah. So now, like, you have a pretty good understanding of, of what it's yeah. like. And that's that's important because it's hard to explain it to somebody who's never done it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, the, you know, the funny thing is, too, is, like, you know, we did, like, some tours, or I guess not really tours. We did, like, short tours, like, in a van, you know, the van and trailer days. But then I was like, well, once I get to the bus phase, then it'll all be easier. And you know what, man? I tore on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. I didn't get any sleep. Those bunks, man. Really? Oh man, I so that was actually I the main takeaway. The main takeaway for me was that I was so used to playing shows sporadically. I mean, sporadically meaning like once once a week or once every other week or something like that. And I had a lot of time to practice and prepare and I was hyped up for that show when I got there. Now, as soon as you're playing a show every day, it switched from like, where in the world do I find the energy <laughs> that I had <laughs> last night when we started this thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and bring it to the table tonight. So it was, for me, it was just trying to figure out how do we get hyped up? And I mean, there was a certain amount of like natural uh, momentum and like, uh, yeah, just like, you know, that, yeah, you're, you're riding that wave once once it hits but like get, like i had to like psych myself into it a couple times cuz i was just i was tired you know and i didn't feel like lugging all my gear out again and mm-hmm. putting it back and you know it's just like um yeah it was exhausting and that was i think the thing that was most surprising to me i had, you know it was fun um i found that like a lot of my day i was just standing around sitting around <laughs> waiting for something to do which i'm sure had i continued to do it as a career, I probably would have found a rhythm and figured out, okay, we're in this city. This is what I want to mm-hmm. check out while I have the time. You know, it would have been a little different for me. It was just like, uh, do I have time to get coffee? All right, I'll go get coffee. And then I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit around the venue for a little bit. And, you know, like it was like different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but the biggest thing was just like I was tired. You know, I wasn't sleeping well mm-hmm. on the bus or in the van. Right. And uh, I wasn't used to playing – 
that many shows in one week. And uh, so when I what was, what band was, was like, this, Tim? Uh, so this was a band called Waking Heroes that okay. I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And um, we played a lot. We played mostly in the city, uh, New York City. Um, so lots of Webster Hall and oh yeah, uh, played Webster. You know, oh yeah, like four or five times we played there a, few, a bunch of times. We played a bunch of dive bars in the city as well. So it wasn't all mm. that uh, you know that cool, but um, <laughs> but we had fun. It was like you know, we were we were based out of Hoboken, so it was right over the oh, river yeah. there, mm-hmm. and so it was just a you know fifteen minute ride into the city, and so we did a lot of label showcases and. Um, and then we ended up going on a tour, uh, and the goal originally was to actually end in Texas and then fly home. So we just brought whatever we could actually take with us on the plane. Um, and, uh, so I was playing like a backline kit and stuff like that. We ended up hopping off that tour early, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an eye-opening experience. I'm glad Mm -hmm. I experienced it because I, had I not experienced it, I'd always be wondering, like, Mm -hmm. You know, what would that have been like? <laughs> you know, I never got to that stage, and I'd be so curious. Um, but because I did it and experienced it, I was like, yeah, I could actually do without this. Like, it was mm-hmm. fun. And had it not been for the the desire to, you know, have a family and not leave loved ones often, I probably would have stuck it through and, and learned to really enjoy it. But mm-hmm. um, it wasn't... It wasn't so awesome to the point where I felt like I couldn't live without it. You know, it was like mm-hmm. it kind of opened my eyes there. So, all right. Yeah. So I'm gonna create a hypothetical here. Let's say that um, you started a band called uh, Big Staff, and <laughs> you guys get signed to uh, Sony. I like that. Yeah. And you say to your wife, "Listen, honey, <laughs> we just got a million dollar advance." I got $100,000 in the bank account right now. I'm heading out. I do this tour. We're probably going to each net 100 grand. You have a radio hit that's top 10. You're playing big places. You're getting paid 100 grand a night. It's a month long tour. You got two kids at home. You got a marketing job that says, all right, yeah, we can wait a month. Sure, no problem. Just let us know when you're back. Your wife's okay with it. Your kids are going to miss you, but, you know, they can handle it. Where's your head at? You leave next week. Uh, I'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> no question. In fact, my wife would force me to go <laughs> for 100 grand in one month. <laughs> yes, I would right. be gone. Um, I'm going to change the it hypothetical. Would be tough. That was too don't, easy don't to get, sell. Don't get me wrong. You're getting, don't get me wrong. Getting, it would be tough. Ten but, uh, grand for the month. Okay, Ten that, grand. that would be tough. That would be tough. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that I'd be able to keep my job <laughs> being gone for a month because I wanted to go on a tour. But um, honestly, that it, that has been like a thought in the back of my mind, you know, as a hypothetical. Like if Taylor Swift was like, hey, I need a drummer. Tim, you're my guy. You know, would I, would I, dro- would I quit my job and you know, leave, go on tour. And, uh, I think ultimately it would definitely depend on whether the money was right <laughs> or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, at a certain level, 
it's actually not too bad. I mean, you're still going out for a month at a time, but they're taking a similar approach to what you've taken, where they're taking large breaks in between, you know? Mm-hmm. They're they're doing a big stint and then a large break and then a big stint, and they're making enough money to where that's worth it, and they really don't have to do anything else in between other than write music and get in the studio. And, you know, so that's been a thought, like, Obviously, if I could <laughs> jump to that stage, mm-hmm. uh, I think I would. Um, but uh, realistically, you have to work your way up there. And the amount of work and the sacrifice that it would take to get to that stage, mm-hmm. I don't think, at least at this phase of my life, it's not worth it. Yeah. Maybe someday, you know. Right. Um, when it's, you know, more more of a hobby and less of a, you know, a need to, mm-hmm. to make money. Um, and then it becomes a career, you know, potentially, then yeah, sure. But uh, mm-hmm. I found that, you know, um, having my kid at home and, and being able to play when I can has been enough for me. And then once the kids are old enough, then maybe I explore the band for fun route. And, hey, if the band gets signed or something happens, awesome. But yeah. I don't need it to happen anymore. When I was in mm-hmm. high school, I needed it to happen. My entire life, my entire identity was the band, you know? Mm-hmm. And then even, like, it was so hard to let that go. Even when I was married, I was still chasing it, you know, for right. years. Uh, it wasn't really until I found out that my wife was pregnant with our first child that it was like, yeah, <laughs> I need to I need to drop this. And that's not, so anyone listening that, you know, has kids and is still doing it, like, that's not a knock on yeah. any of you guys. It's right, just, right. Uh, it for me, personal... it was a realization, this is not a career for me. I still yeah. have my job. And um, this is kind of a pipe dream, you know. We were good. We were talented. We were a talented band. We could have had some success. The last band I was a part of actually had a record deal with Capital, but it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't sufficient. And I knew that if I really wanted to, you know, for myself, if I wanted to be there for my wife and for my child, that I needed to turn it into a hobby and mm-hmm. less of a pursuit. Um, yeah. So, you know. Good. Not to be depressing okay. or anything. Just <laughs> Let's move on yeah. to Faith Topic and uh, pick you up a little bit. Pick you up out mm. of the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about counseling. So you I'm need not sure. help. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually really uh, curious. Uh, I've been since the beginning, and you said you had some thoughts. Uh, does it make sense for you to start, or do you want me to set it up again? Sure. I can start. Yeah, because I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Okay, thank you. I'm yeah. delighted by that. <laughs> All right, so we have about uh, 17 minutes. And um, so we're going to... exact. We're going to rapid fire. <laughs> 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 that's the most... That's the judgiest thing you've ever said to me in the most passive-aggressive way. I, I, I appreciate that. It wasn't yeah, just... You know, it was on the nose, but it didn't hurt me. So, uh, all right. You need help, Tim. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we all need help is the faith topic. <clears throat> yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. We are all in need of a Savior. Honestly, we, we are all in trouble. And as, as much as we think that we are good and holy and upstanding citizens and 
um, husbands and fathers and sons and uh, whatever your role is in life. Um, <clears throat> you have good days, you have bad days, and at the end of the day, the scale is something mentally that you're 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 probably trying to balance in favor of your you're more good than bad. And maybe you are more good than bad in general, but there's still some bad. <laughs> you're not perfect. No one is. Everyone knows that. And yet, <clears throat> a lot of times we act like we don't need help with the bad stuff, with the, the weaknesses, the shortcomings. Those things, man, they can they can eat you alive if you if you focus on the things that you're not coming up strong in, the areas in your life where you keep failing and you keep screwing up and you keep you just feel lost in and eventually hopeless. Yes, we all need help. I think that in this day and age, everyone knows how to dial nine one one. This is my metaphor. I, I thought about it when you were setting this up, Tim, at the beginning of the podcast. Everyone knows how to dial 911. And that should be enough. And yet we have put call buttons everywhere saying, oh, just so you know, call 911. In fact, you don't even need to like dial it anymore. You can just push this one button. Go ahead and push mm -hmm. it. And uh, maybe Ask you push Siri it, it and for you. you get yeah. some help. And then, oh, okay, you're good. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> Siri. <laughs> exactly. You go around the corner and, and you're good. You got some help and, and you're working on yourself. And then you see another button. Hey, call number one. It's even easier this time. You just need to think it. Okay. Yeah, I guess I do. Okay, yep, yep. Get some more help. Go around the corner. Made some progress. Maybe you didn't make any progress. Uh, see another sign. 911, just in case you were wondering. I think that it's, imp it's more important that we face the challenges in life than that we Google everything and find out the answers and never really learn for ourselves what the answers are. There's, mm. there's something to be said about the pain and the, and the challenge and the, and the, 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 the pit, the, the terrible feeling, the pit of your stomach when when something, when you're lost, when you feel lost, and if you're, hmm. if you're constantly being patted on the back and someone's constantly holding your hand and someone's constantly giving you a hug and someone's constantly verbally praising you, are you really feeling it? Or are you just being, is someone offering you a cane or crutches or a wheelchair and saying, hey, you know, I got you. Really along. We got you. We got you. Let's get through this. Okay, now we're good. I think that we need to toughen up. And I think the way to get tough sometimes is to handle it on your own. It builds spiritual strength, builds faith. It builds knowledge. You, you figure it out for yourself. It builds... Um, it builds resolve in that you know what it's like to be without. <clears throat> and that's an important thing to know. It's important to be told no. 
It's important to be told you can't do everything. You're not all that. Not everyone gets participation trophies. It's it's important to be to be told that life is hard, life is challenging. You're going to have to face some stuff that's going to hurt. I think it's I think we are better off if we have to go through these things than if we have this off-ramp to get around it all. Hmm. Only to get back on the highway later and not ever realize that there was a crash and boy oh boy that really hurts. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And I think in this day and age we've been we've been we've been um I'm searching for the right word. Um, someone's been holding our hand far too often mm. when there's something to be said about facing it alone. And by alone, I don't mean actually alone. I mean, you're having to search for answers. You're not, you're not able to just Google something. Oh, okay, there it is. Yep, I got it. You're like, wait, what is it really? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I need to go to the Bible on this, or I need to pray. I need to talk to God about this. I need to call that person that I have a have resentment towards and figure this out with them. Or I need to call my dad, who I I can't stand, or, or who has never given me love, and like figure this out. Like you need to work for it. Hmm. That would be that would be my approach to this right now. Now, with that said, the caveat is. You can't do everything on your own. Yes, you should do some things on your own. But in this in this day and age, there's more than enough help nearly everywhere you turn. And never should you be saying to yourself, I don't need anybody. Or I'm too good for that. Or I'm a man. Or I was taught not to cry. Or if you go to counseling, you know, what does that have to say about you? Like, I don't need that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous on its face <clears throat> because ultimately there's a, a lot we can learn from each other. But how are you ever going to be the person that someone learns from or someone leans on if you haven't faced it yourself? If you're constantly going to other people for help and yeah. every relationship you have turns into a counseling session. I like that. This is it's really going to round this out, I think. That was a really good perspective, and I, I, um, and I, I like where you took it, as well. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna paint a picture for you, mm -hmm. um, that I was thinking about while you're talking, and I hadn't planned on saying this, but, um, I was just picturing like, okay, so you have a, a piece of wood, and you have a nail, and you're trying so hard to drive this nail into this piece of wood with a screwdriver mm -hmm. you're trying you're struggling mm -hmm. and the back of your mind is like i just have to power through this because if i get this nail in mm -hmm. i will have learned how to get this nail into this wood <laughs> with a screwdriver <laughs> now the guy next to you <laughs> his nail's been in for hours is it really that bad to turn to him and say hey man how did you get that nail into that plank of wood over there. Wait, is this like an <laughs> erector set or or what is this? If <laughs> only <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys knew. Uh, <laughs> so so but this guy over here <laughs> he has he has a hammer. 
<laughs> and and this other guy over here just looks retarded, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> he would Is it really that bad? Drive a nail out with a screwdriver. <laughs> exactly. Is it Who really is this that person? bad? Are you describing turn... me right now? Is this no, 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 just, you're the this is you're all, the smarty this pants is all with a hypothetical. Hammer, just going I'm just to saying, town. I'm just telling you, like, is it really that bad for this guy with the screwdriver to turn to this guy with the hammer and say, hey, man, can you teach me how to use that tool? Or can, mm-hmm. you know, can you add that tool to my tool belt? Like, you know, like, it's it's almost like, okay, I, I, next time, maybe I shouldn't use the screwdriver. You know, maybe I didn't learn from my mistake. I just learned that I can do this thing the hard way again and not be as surprised by the <laughs> amount of effort that it takes to do it. You know, it's like, so So here's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. There is a, at least in my world, in my circle of influence, there is this stigma around mm-hmm. counseling. Sure. And being counseled and um, going to therapy. Like, it's like almost like admitting defeat or it's a sign of weakness. If you're going to therapy and you're paying for therapy, it's like, well, what's wrong with that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it shouldn't be that way because, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, there's all these instances. Maybe, maybe not everyone needs to go to therapy, but I think there's a biblical concept here, and I'm going to bring that to light in a second. Um, I think um, a lot of people, myself included, have a tendency to just bottle it all up. Tell, tell ourselves, it's okay, just got to power through it. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm strong. Uh, God's not going to give me anything more than I can handle. <laughs> How many times have you said that to yourself? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. But you see people committing suicide, shooting up schools. You, you see people who, uh, in many cases, the people around them are like, uh, no, that person would never do that. No. That mm-hmm. that doesn't that he doesn't have it in him. Like he would never do that, or she would never do that. Mm-hmm. But yet, they do. At some point, something snaps, something clicks, and the thing that we have to realize and recognize is that we live in a world of of sin and temptation, and uh, you know. It, unfortunate things happening that are outside of our control. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are biblical principles and things that can help us. But where I want to take this here, and we can talk about this, I'm not just like laying down the law like this is truth. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. bringing conversation. Um, but like the the Bible talks about confession, Right, and I was thinking about this today as I was thinking about this topic because I was driving uh, home from a meeting, um, listening to Dashboard Confessional, mm-hmm. <laughs> my dashboard, and I was thinking about the word confessional, and like you know how, like the whole concept of like confessions within the Catholic Church and like what mm-hmm. a confessional is, and you know um, I was just like thinking like where did that come from, and then I was like thinking about the scriptures where it does tell you you know tell people to confess your sins to one another, mm-hmm. you know, and. You know, from reading the Bible and just really getting a glimpse of God's heart for us, I have been able to kind of attribute every single law, every single thing that he's told us to do that just sound like – it sounds like a rule or like 
it's just something we we are told to do and there's no reasoning behind it. I've been able to attribute all of those things back to something that benefits us, something that God has said to benefit us because he loves us. And so I was thinking about the whole idea of confession and confessing your sins. And I think that like when you conf- when you confess something to someone, and this podcast has been a, a true testament of that for me. When you like, when you uh, unload something about yourself, it's uh, there's relief. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a weight off your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there's um, it, there's something good there. So like, so what I don't understand is, you know, in many cases at least in the movies, <laughs> when you go to a therapy session, a lot of the times you're just unloading. Mm-hmm. They're just giving you a space right. to be able to talk it through and work it through yourselves. Uh, and then they're giving you the tools, in some cases, hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually take that into the real world. You know, um, So I don't see it as much as, and I agree with you, by the way, everything you said before I agree with like you mm-hmm. have to learn how to like life is not going to be easy mm-hmm. and that's one thing I, t- I tell my my poor five-year-old son all the time like life <laughs> is hard get over it, <laughs> Figure it out. when you go out there when you go on the real world it's not going to be easy for you yeah well, <laughs> you better believe okay, it. So you know, that's something that I hold true but at the same time I don't I don't disagree with going somewhere and asking for help mm-hmm. without it feeling like it's a uh, like you, like you're admitting defeat, or yeah. like you're, um, you're weak. In fact, I think it's a strength to be able to do that, to be able to talk to someone about what you're struggling with, and be open to learning how to deal with it okay. from somebody so, who might know. There, so this is obviously 100% right. And the way to know it is, is because imagine not being able to communicate mm. things that you need to improve in. Imagine not being able to communicate your your good and your bad. And, and yet you look at, especially previous generations, I, I think that every generation, at least in my family, has gotten better and improved, which is astonishing if you look at how little they had to work with to improve their family mm-hmm. unit. Um, and this is an area, like you talked about at the beginning of this, where it, it was stigmatized. It used to be a lot more than it is now that, Everybody needs help. It's not a terrible idea for you to go get some counseling, for you to go sit down and talk to somebody. And as you're talking about it, I'm realizing, well, if nothing else, it allows you to work on your communication skills, your Mm. ability to communicate things that, um, you know, make you vulnerable, open you up. Okay, and this isn't something that, you need to be doing with lots of people. I would argue you you shouldn't be. It should be reserved for very specific environments and with professionals or your partner or mm-hmm. very close family or friends. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, not every relationship you have should 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 not every conversation you have with friends or family should be a counseling session. And if you're in a hard, tough place right now, I would I would think about what kinds of conversations you're having with the people around you because it's usually hard to see. I know this because I've I've been through it, 
And I learned kind of the hard way that I was doing this. I would turn a lot of conversations I would be having with friends and family into counseling sessions. Imagine what that's like after a week, a month, a year. You know, you just come to expect. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm sure you're thinking of people like, oh my gosh, yeah, if that person calls me, I I know what we're talking about. Or if I see that person, I know where the conversation is going. So be intuitive enough to to think, well, am am I treating my relationships like that? Um, However, it is really important to learn how to communicate and be vulnerable with somebody. And Mm -hmm. if, if nothing, if for nothing else, um, this is a pretty good setting, you know, go see a counselor, go see a therapist, find someone you really trust. The other benefit, which I thought of while you were talking is sometimes you need a mediator to create conversation or to spur on ideas or thoughts or memories that maybe you wouldn't think of organically on your own. Or maybe you're with someone else and you're having a hard time communicating with them and you need someone to be a, a third party, objective third party who can draw out those conversations. This is extremely yeah. helpful. Like I would, you need this kind of thing throughout your life, right? And, and two things are becoming apparently true at the same time, which is it's, it's good to have this over here. And it's also really good to know, hey, hold on a second. You can do this. Figure this yeah. out. Work on this. But hey, this other thing, you, especially involving someone else, don't control them. Don't put them on a mm-hmm. box. Don't try to make them yeah. do things or say <clears throat> things. Like you, you need to be an adult about this, and you need to see if it's okay with them to go to this objective third party. Make sure it is an objective third party. There's no triangulating with a therapist here or counselor. And then you go and you sit. And a good counselor, a good counselor will not take sides. A good counselor will see what's happening in the room quickly and realize where the boundaries need to be. A good counselor will, will, will draw out the kinds of conversations that need to happen. And a good counselor will set very few parameters as far as here's what you should do. Because their job and their role really is to um, if it's a broken marriage, to reconcile. How do we get there? Mm. How do we build connection? Do you have hope for your marriage? Do you have hope for your marriage? Hold each other's hand. Is that all right with you? How did that feel to have the other person say why they married you, why they think you're beautiful, why they wanted to be with you? How did it feel to say that to that person? Okay, now you go. Yeah. Wait, don't look at me. Look at them, right? That's, mm-hmm. That is a good counselor, someone who's willing to look really look at the person and say, what do they need and how can I help them get there? Yeah. There are a, a ton. I don't know for sure, but I've, <laughs> I've had some, I've worked with some people uh, who have given me advice or um, I guess counseled me and have not done a great job of it. And so I would assume there are lots more of those people. I think it's probably safe to assume that. A lot of times I don't think it's out of ill intent. I don't think it's evil. I don't think it's, I don't think they're being mean intentionally. I, th- I think they're just being dumb and that they don't realize how powerful their words are and how easy it is to say something and how much of a difference it could make in that person's life forever. Yeah. 
And yeah. that is upsetting to me because it really can change the trajectory of someone's life when you give them advice. We should all be mm. careful in giving advice. What we oh, say yeah. here on this podcast is, is mostly conversational between the two of us. If I were to be talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, it would be a different conversation where it's like, well, what is the situation that you're in? What is the setting that you're in? Tell me about the past. Tell me about where you want to be. Like, it's very subjective to what's happening. You can't paint mm -hmm. with such a broad stroke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, actually, and I'm glad that you, you know, touched on it. even this podcast, you know, for those of you listening, you know, we, we try to keep it real and we don't really hold back at all. So we just tell it like it is from our perspective, from our vantage point, from our experience. Um, and in no way are we putting this on you guys as <laughs> something that you need to follow as truth. Um, so take everything we say with a grain of salt I am. I welcome you, any of you guys, to to challenge what we've said, or to come and say, "Hey, I don't really agree with this." Like that, you guys have actually reached out before and said that, and it's been great. I mean, mm -hmm. like eye opening for me too. Like um, I've learned things because you have reached out to us and just said, "Hey, I don't agree with this, and this is why." Or Hey, do you really think this or did you just say it? You know, like, mm -hmm. I, I love that. So take everything we say with a grain of salt because this, like Matt said, is just where, where you guys are a fly on a wall to our conversations right. here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was just thinking about something, and, uh, and I think you're right. We have to be really careful with who we let speak into our lives, even if we're entrusting a counselor. Um, you know, we have to be careful before we kind of let them have any uh, power say in what we do, yeah, any power over us or, mm -hmm. or within us, we have to make sure that it is, it's right, you know? Um, and that's a tough thing to do, and that's really, <laughs> that just comes down to, I think, having um, discernment. But um, I think it's, I think it's worse to, like, like, the people that I'm most concerned about are the people who actually think that They've got it all under control mm -hmm. and that everything's good and they don't have any problems whatsoever and they're just coasting because <laughs> when something does happen or maybe mm -hmm. something is happening and, and they're just, you know, not listening to the facts, mm -hmm. you know, but when, when that thing happens, that's like, like, and I'm saying this because this is me, um, you know, I'm the one who will often be like, I'm good. I, I there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. I am fine. This isn't that big of a deal. But then at some point, it's going to hit me hard, and that's mm -hmm. when I crash and burn. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and I wish that I had just opened up with someone about it. Mm -hmm. Wish that I had a conversation. It could just it could even be like this, like what Matt and I are having here, just a conversation, opening up about life and about our feelings. It's not it's not a bad thing. Um, the other person that I would be concerned about is the person who actually thinks that they're alone mm -hmm. in anything. <laughs> like their feelings. Um, and I felt that way too. I felt alone. Um, but the way that I've been able to uh, disarm that feeling is by talking to someone else. Just uh, in many cases, almost anyone else. Because the feelings that I thought were my own feelings that were native to me were actually very 
common spread and mm-hmm. other people could you know could relate to that so sometimes it's just a matter of, of opening up a little bit pushing past that feeling of um you know unacceptance or you know embarrassment or whatever it is you know um and just uh you know opening up whether it's with with a friend and again like matt said i think it's really good that you're <laughs> you're also discerning of how much you unload on somebody that you care about because you don't want to mm-hmm. be a burden. Mm-mm. I think it's more yeah. important to let it out and talk to someone if you have the opportunity, but also just keep in mind like there are licensed <laughs> individuals who will mm-hmm. talk through this with you and share tools to help you get through it. Um, so, so, yeah, Tim, I, my goal I think is just is to break the stigma. I think, I think what we should do for the first time ever in Holy Ghost Nudes history is open this up to the comment section. And next episode, we will discuss any comments we get. Yeah, uh, I like that. That agree or disagree, doesn't matter. We welcome both. And we'll go over this together because I'm legitimately interested in in what people think about this. I I, I can hear both sides in my head. Um, I work in the music industry where, where there is a lot of reinforcement for how you feel and how you think. And I, I see the benefits to it, and I also see the drawbacks. I see the pros and I see the cons. And so I'm just generally curious, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both agree that <laughs> we need help and we are depraved and and, and, and in need of uh, a savior. Um, we're in need of saving. And mm-hmm. I, I, at the same time, believe that life is is hard and it's good to face those challenges and setbacks and pain and suffering because it builds character and also at the same time it is it is helpful to have an outside source of encouragement or a mediator or some guidance and wisdom outside of the bible and Mm -hmm. friends and family god um, to help you so let's yeah. open this up to the comment section. If you're listening to this and you have you have this idea bounce around in your head after listening to this, you're thinking, man, I need to write in. Write in and let us know. And in, this, and in the next episode, we will go over the comments section for this yeah. episode because I think more than ever, this is something that um, will draw some feedback and will we'll provoke some thoughts and ideas. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so hit us up on... Instagram and or Facebook or our email, Matt and Tim at the Holy Ghost um, and leave a comment uh, on the on Facebook and Instagram. We'll be posting like the cover of the episode, so you can feel free to comment on there. You can feel free to mess, mess, message us directly. Um, we are not opposed to um, you know reading off a comment or addressing a comment um, without you know giving out your name. They could be completely. Um, you know, ambiguous. So, um, yep, yeah, drop a comment. Um, and one thing I want to leave off of, I think a really cool way to end off this topic is just, uh, I just remembered that another name for God is wonderful counselor. Mm-hmm. I think yes, that's pretty is. cool. That is awesome. Um, it's, a good, it's a great point. And, uh, so at the yeah. very least, yeah. <laughs> if you're struggling right now yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's, well, right now it's 10:30 p.m. and I don't yeah. know many counselors who would 
answer a phone call. Take, take a phone um, call or email. <laughs> but there is there is a wonderful counselor out there that I know of. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Who uh, listens to your prayers. So not Amen. to get too uh, Christianese on you, but <clears throat> that's... Uh, you know, Nothing Christianese about the truth. truth. The, right. I think Christianese is everything that uh, is watered down. So that Good is point. certainly Good not. Point. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks for following along with Holy Ghost Notes. Thank yeah. you, Tim. I'm leaving for tour. Uh, right. We appreciate Have your support tour, as the Inner Circle. Uh, we do mm-hmm. a pre-show conversation with the Inner Circle, and there are multiple tiers with multiple benefits. And it's it's really the reason we're still here after all these years and all these episodes. <clears throat> That's right. Um, we need a little bit of help to keep this going. So if you're interested you in helping help. us out, that would be great. We really all do need help, especially this podcast. especially (laughs) Uh, that being said (laughs) thank you to our new uh, patrons uh, Michael Loudermilk Travis Acklin and Wesley Primo thank you guys for your support welcome to the inner circle looking forward to getting to know you guys love that Um, yeah it's awesome very cool I'm still blown. Every single time I see a little notification pop up, oh, you have a new patron. I'm like, really? (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a surprise, and it's always a pleasant surprise, so I appreciate you all. Love you guys. I'm delighted. All right, Tim. Yep. Until next time. (laughs) You too. You have to wake up at what, 4 a.m.? 4.50. I'm on my way to St. Peace. Best of luck, my man. See y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Peace.